0: All right, folks. I'm gonna finally dive into this book. Finally, fucking got it. Um, shamanism: Archaic Techniques of Ec- Ecstasy by Mercia Aliada. All right, I'm gonna read chapter one. Um, I think shamanism is definitely gonna play a part. In our future. So. Okay. Chapter 1. General considerations. Recruiting methods. Shamanism. And mystical vocation. Alright. Since the beginning of the century. Ethnologists. Have fallen into the habit. Of using the terms. Shaman. Medicine man. Sorcerer. And magician interchangeably to designate certain individuals possessing magical religious powers and found in all primitive societies by extension the same terminology has been applied in studying the religious history of civilized peoples and there have been discussions for example of an indian an iranian a germanic a chinese and even a babylonian shamanism with reference to the primitive elements attested in the corresponding corresponding religions. For many reasons, this confusion can only militate against any understanding of the shamanic phenomenon. If the word shaman is taken to mean any magician, sorcerer, medicine man, or ecstatic found throughout the history of religions and religious ethnology, we arrive at a notion at once extremely complex and extremely vague. It seems furthermore to serve no purpose, for we already have the terms magician or sorcerer, to express notions as unlike and as ill-defined as primitive magic or primitive mysticism. We consider it advantageous to, res- to restrict the use of the words shaman and shamanism Precisely to avoid misunderstandings and to cast a clear, clearer light on the history of magic and sorcery. For, of course, the shaman is also a magician and medicine man. He is believed to cure, like all doctors, and to perform miracles of the fakir type, like all magicians, whether primitive or modern. But beyond this, he is a psychopomp, and he may also be a priest, mystic, and poet. In the dim, confusionistic mass of the religious life of archaic societies, considered as a whole shamanism, taken in its strict and exact sense, already shows a structure of its own and implies a history that there is every reason to clarify. Shamanism, in the strict sense, is preeminently a religious phenomenon of Siberia and Central Asia. The word comes to us through the Russian from the Tung- Tungusic Laman. In the other languages of Central and North Asia, the corresponding terms are Yakut, Oyuna mongolian biggie Baggy, and udagan also Buryat udayan yakut udoyan shamanes turko tatar kam kami gam kami it has been sought to explain the tongue Tungusic term by the Pali Samana, and we shall return to this possible etymology which is part of the great problem of Indian influences on Siberian religions in the last chapter of this book. Throughout the immense area comprising Central and North Asia, the Magico-religious life of society centers on the shaman. This of course does not mean that he is the one and only manipulator of the sacred, nor that religious activity is completely usurped by him. In many tribes, the sacrificing priest coexists with the shaman, not to mention the fact that every head of a family is also the head of the domestic cult. Nevertheless, the shaman remains the dominating figure, for through this whole region in which the ecstatic experience is considered the religious experience par excellence, the shaman and he alone is the great master of ecstasy. A first definition of this complex phenomenon and perhaps the least hazardous will be shamanism equals technique of ecstasy. That sounds good to me. as such it was documented and described by the earliest travelers in the various countries of central and north asia general recruiting methods mystical vocation later similar magical religious phenomena were were observed in north america indonesia oceania and elsewhere and as we shall soon see, these latter phenomena are thoroughly shamanic, and there is every reason to study them together with Siberian shamanism. Yet one observation must be made at the outset. The presence of a shamanic complex in one region or another does not necessarily mean that the magical religious life of the corresponding people is crystallized around shamanism. This can occur, as for example, in certain parts of Indonesia, but it is not the most usual state of affairs. Generally, shamanism coexists with other forms of magic and religion. It is here that we sell it is here that we see all the advantage of employing the term shamanism in its strict and proper sense for if we take the trouble to differentiate the shaman from other magicians and medicine men of primitive societies the identification of shamanic complexes in one or another region immediately acquires definite significance magic and magicians are to be found more or less all over the world whereas shamanism exhibits a particular magical specialty on which we shall later dwell at length, mastery over fire, magical flight, and so on. By virtue of this fact, though the shaman is, among other things, a magician, not every magician can properly be termed a shaman. The same distinction must be applied in regard to shamanic healing. Every medicine man is a healer, but the shaman employs a method that in that is his and his alone. As for the shamanic techniques of ecstasy, they do not exhaust all the varieties of ecstatic experience documented in the history of the religions, in the history of religions and religious ethnology. Hence, any ecstatic. Hence, any ecstatic cannot be considered a shaman. The shaman spe, specializes in a trance during which his soul is believed to leave his body. ...and ascend to the sky or descend to the underworld. Yeah, this is like Constantine, I would say. Well, he was, I guess, more of a priest or an exorcist. Alright, a similar distinction is also necessary to define the shaman's relation to spirits. All through the primitive and modern worlds, we we find individuals who profess to maintain relations with spirits whether they are possessed by them or control them. Several volumes would be needed for an adequate study of all the problems that arise in connection with the mere idea of spirits and of their possible relations with human beings. For a spirit can equally well be the soul of a dead person, a nature spirit, a mythical animal, and so on. But the study of shamanism does not Require going into all this we we need only define the shaman's relation to his helping spirits It will it will easily be seen wherein a shaman differs from a possessed person for example The shaman controls his spirits in the sense that he a human being Is able to communicate with the dead demons and nature spirits without thereby becoming their instrument to be sure, shamans are sometimes found to be possessed, by, but these are exceptional cases for which there is a particular explanation. These few pl- prelimin- These few preliminary observations already indicate the course that we propose to follow in order to reach an adequate understanding of shamanism in view of the fact that this magical religious phenomenon has had its most complete manifestation in north and central asia we shall take the shaman of these various of these regions we shall take the shaman of these regions as our typical example we are not unaware and we shall endeavor we shall endeavor to show that central and north asian shamanism at least in its present form is not a primordial phenomenon phenomenon free from any external influence. On the contrary, it is a phenomenon that has a long history. But this Central Asian and Siberian shamanism has the advantage of presenting a structure in which elements that exist independently elsewhere in the world, that is, special relations with spirits, ecstatic capacities, permitting of magical flight, ascents to the sky, descents to the underworld, mastery over fire, etc. are here already found integrated with a particular ideology and validating specific techniques. Shamanism in this strict sense is not confined to Central and North Asia, and we shall endeavor later to point out the greatest possible number of parallels. On the other hand, certain shamanic elements are found in isolation in various forms of archaic magic and religion. And they are not of consider- considerable interest for they show to what extent shamanism proper preserves a substratum of primitive beliefs and techniques and to what extent it has in I way. General recruiting methods mystical vocation innovating to what extent it has in inno- innovative okay the fucking things are all fucked up okay. This is the Kindle version <laughs> Alright always endeavoring to define the place of shamanism within primitive religions with all that these sim- that these imply magic belief in supreme beings and spirits mythological concepts techniques of ecstasy and so on we shall constantly we shall constantly be ob- obliged to refer to more or less similar phenomena without implying that they are shamanic but it is always profitable to compare and to point out what a magical religious element similar to a certain shamanic element has produced elsewhere in a different cultural ensemble and with a different spiritual orientation. For all that shamanic... Do- okay, hold on. Alright, let's see. Okay. for all that shamanism dominates there, for all that shamanism dominates the religious life of central and north asia it is nevertheless not the religion of that vast region only convenience or confusion has made it possible for some investigators to consider the religion of the arctic or turco tatar peoples to be shamanism the religions of Central and North Asia extend beyond shamanism in every direction, just as any religion extends beyond the mystical experience of its privileged adherence. Shamans are of the elect, and as such they have access to a region of the sacred inaccessible to other members of the community. Their ecstatic experiences have exercised and still exercise a powerful influence on the stratification of of religious ideology on mythology on ritualism but neither the ideology nor the mythology and rites of the arch- of the of the arctic siberian and asian peoples are the creation of their shamans All these elements are earlier than shamanism, or at least are parallel to it, in the sense that they are the product of the general religious experience and not of a particular class of privileged beings, the ecstatics. On the contrary, as we shall see, we frequently find the shamanic uh, experience attempting to express itself through an ideology that is not always favorable. Favorable to it. In order not to encroach on the subject matter of the following chapters, we will here say only that shamans are persons who stand out in their respective societies by virtue of characteristics that, in the societies of modern Europe, represent the signs of a vocation or at least of a religious crisis. They are separated from the rest of the community by the intensity of their own religious experience. In other words, it would be more correct to class shamanism among the mysticisms than with what is commonly called a religion. We shall find shamanism within a consider- considerable number of r- religions. For shamanism always remains an ecstatic technique at the disposal of a particular elite and re- and represents, as it were, the mysticism of of the particular religion. <sighs> Sorry about that. Okay. Um. a comparison at once comes to mind that of monks mystics and saints within Christian churches but the comparison must not be pushed too far in contrast to the state of affairs in christianity at least during its recent history peoples who profess to be shamanists accord to be shamanists accord considerable importance to the ecstatic experiences of their shamans these experiences concern them concern them Personally and immediately, for it is the shamans who, by their trances, cure them, accompany their dead to their realm of shades, and serve as mediators between them and their gods, celestial or infernal, greater or lesser. This small mystical elite not only directs the community's religious life, but as it were, guards its soul. The shaman is the great specialist in the human soul. He alone sees it, for he knows its form and its destiny. Bam! Like that is some sick shit right there. This is what I'm saying. Like, the more, the more of all the lies and bullshit that um, that you know we take off. All the layers of lies and bullshit from history. We see that... uh, These people back in the day... Were all having these mystical experiences... Using fucking psychedelics and... And yeah, like... Humans were having direct contact with the divine. You didn't need the fucking church or priests... And none of the bullshit. Religion... If anything, religion, the priests and all this shit... Just took... The stuff from these shamans and made it their own. And, okay, anyways. And wherever the, imme- the immediate fate of the soul is not at issue, wherever there is no question of sickness, me- meaning equal loss of the soul, or death, or of misfortune, or of a great sacrificial rite involving some ecstatic experience. Mystical journey to the sky or the underworld. The shaman is not indispensable. A large part of religious life takes place without him. See, like, that's why sometimes when I read the book of Job, some of the stuff in the Bible, when I read it through the lens of a fucking shaman tripping on some crazy psychedelic and having these visions and speaking in poetry, I mean, that is what it is. That's that's what they do. It's just the divine being channeled straight using a human being and that's basically what the human vehicle is is just we're bodies anyways okay the arctic siberian and central peoples are made up chiefly of hunters fishers or herdsmen breeders a degree of nomadism is typical of them all. See, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I really like this. I'm drawn to nomadism. Okay. And despite their ethnic and linguistic differences, in general, their religions coincide. Chukchi, Tungus, Samoyed, or Turco-Tatars... To mention only some of the most important groups, know and revere a a celestial great god, an all-powerful creator, but on the way to becoming a Densotiosos. denso. Okay, I don't know what that means. Sometimes the great god's name even means sky or heaven. Such, for example, is the Num of the Samoyed, the Buga of the Tungus, or the Tengri of the Mongols. Also, ten, Tengri of the Buryat, Tangir of the Volga, Tatars, Tengir of the Beltir. Okay, yeah. Even when the concrete name of the sky is lacking, we find some one of its most characteristic attributes, high, lofty, luminous, and so on. Thus, among the... Um, Thus, among the Ost, Ostiac of the Irtish, the name of the Celestial God is derived from Saki, the primitive, the primitive meaning of which is Luminous Shining Light. That's interesting, huh? This is perna- spelled the same way as Saki, but over here it means Luminous Shining Light. The Yakut call him Lord, Father, Chief of the World, the Tatars of the Altai, White Light, Ak Ayas, the Koryak, the one on high. That's interesting, it's Ayak Ayash Ayas kinda of makes me think of Akash in in Hindi, which means sky, Akash. The one on high, the master of the high, and so on. The Turco-Tatars among whom the celestial great god preserves his religious currency more than among their neighbors to the north and northeast also call him chief, master, lord, and often father. This celestial god who dwells in the highest sky has several sons or messengers who are subordinate to him and who occupy lower heavens. Their names and number of Vary from tribe to tribe. Seven or nine sons or daughters are commonly mentioned. And the sh- and the Shaman maintains special relations with some of them. These sons, messengers, or servants of the Celestial God are charged with watching over and helping human beings. The Pantheon is sometimes far more numerous as, for example, among... Um, see this shit cuts off it's like where what among this phenomena which is especially important for the history of religions is by no means confined to central and north asia it is found throughout the world and has not yet been entirely explained okay patterns and okay if only indirectly It is hoped that the present work will throw some light on this problem. Blah 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 blah. The Buryat mentioned 55 good and 44 evil gods who have been forever opposed in unending strife. But, as we shall show later, there is reason to believe that both this multiplication of gods and their mutual hostility may be comparatively recent innovations. Among the turko Tatars goddesses play a rather minor role. The earth divinity is not at all prominent. The Yakut, for example, have no figurines of the earth goddess and offer no sacrifices to her. The Turko-Tatar and Siberian peoples know several feminine divinities, but they are reserved for women, their spheres being childbirth and children's diseases. The mythological role of woman is also, also markedly small, although traces of it remain in some shamanic traditions. The only great god after the god of the sky or the atmosphere is, among the Altaians, the lord of the underworld, Erlik, Arlik, Khan, who is Erlik Khan, Who is also well known to the shaman. That's interesting. There's the Lord of the Underworld is Erlik Khan. Okay. The very important fire cult, hunting rites, the conception of death, to which we shall return more than once. Complete this brief outline of Central and North Asian religious life. Morphologically, this religion is in general close to that to that of the indo-europeans in both there is the same importance of the great god of the sky or of the atmosphere the same absence of goddesses so characteristic of the indo-mediterranean area the same function attributed to the suns or messengers the same exaltation of fire on the sociological and and economic planes the similarities between the Proto-historical Indo-Europeans and the ancient Turco-Tatars are even more strikingly dear. Both societies were patriarchal in structure with the head of the family enjoying great prestige and on the whole their economy was that of the hunters and herdsmen breeders. The religious importance of the horse among the turco tatars and the indo-europeans has long been noted and the most ancient of greek sacrifices the olympian has been shown to possess characteristics of the sacrifice practiced by the turco tatars the ugur the Ugrians and the arctic peoples precisely the typical sacrifice of the primitive hunters and herdsmen breeders. These facts have their bearing on the problem with which we are concerned. Given the economic, social, and religious parallels between the ancient Indo Europeans and the ancient Turco Tatars, we must determine to what extent the various historical Indo European peoples still preserve shamanic survivals comparable to Turco Tatar shamanism but as we but as can never be sufficiently emphasized nowhere in the world or in history will a perfectly pure and primordial religious phenomenon be found the paleo the paleo ethnological and prehistoric documents at our disp- disposition go back no further than the Paleolithic and nothing justifies the supposition that during the hundreds of thousands of years that preceded the earliest Stone Age, humanity did not have a religious life as intense and as various as in the succeeding periods. It is almost certain that at least a part of prelithic humanity's magico-religious beliefs were preserved in later religious conceptions and mythologies. But it is also highly probable that this spiritual heritage from the pre-Lithic period underwent continual changes as a result of the numerous cultural contacts among pre- and proto-historical peoples. Thus, nowhere in the history of religions do we encounter primordial phenomena, for history has been everywhere changing, recasting, enriching, or impoverishing religious concepts mythological creations, rites, techniques of ecstasy, obviously every religion that after long um, obviously every religion that after long um, after long processes of inner transformation finally develops into an autonomous structure presents a form that is its own and that is accepted as such in the later history of humanity. But no religion is completely new, no religious message completely abolishes the past. Rather, there is a recasting, a renewal, a, rev- revelize, a revalorization, a Re. Valorization, okay, and intent and integration of the elements, the most essential elements of an immemorial religious tradition. These few remarks will serve for the present to delimit the historical horizon of shamanism. Show some of its elements, which we shall indicate later later are clearly archaic but that does not mean that they are pure and primordial. In the form in which we find it turco Mongol shamanism is even decidedly marked by Oriental influences and though there are other shamanas shamanizins what shamanizins without such definite and recent influences, they too are not primordial. As for the Arctic, Siberian, and Central Asian religions in which Shamanism has reached its most advanced degree of integration, we may say that they are characterized on the one hand by the scarcely felt presence of a celestial great god and on the other by hunting rites, and an ancestor cult that imply a wholly different religious orientation as will be shown later the shaman is more or less directly involved in each of these religious areas but one has the impression that he is more at home in one area than in another Constituted by the ecstatic experience and by magic, shamanism adapts itself more or less successfully to the various religious structures that preceded or are cotemporal with it. This is what I'm saying, man. These, like, some people just write with so many words and... Replacing the description of some shamanic performance in the frame of the general religious life of the people concerned, we are thinking, for example, (coughs) of the celestial great god and the myths about him. We sometimes Find ourselves amazed. We have the impression of two wholly different religious universes. But the impression is false. The difference lies not in the structure of the religious universes, but in the intensity of the religious experience induced by the shamanic performance. The shaman's seance almost always has recourse to ecstasy, and the history of religions is there to show us that no other religious experience is more subject to distortion and aberration. To close these few pr- preliminary observations here, in studying shamanism, we must always remember that it values a certain number of special and even private religious elements and and that at the same time, it is far from exhausting the religious life of the rest of the community. The shaman begins his new, his true life by a separation, that is, as we shall Presently see by a Spiritual crisis that is not Lacking in tragic greatness And in beauty Alright how long is this Fucking chapter man god damn Trying to think where To stop Okay I'll do Okay, the bestowal of shamanic powers. In Central and Northeast Asia, the chief methods of recruiting shamans are hereditary transmission of the shamanic profession, spontaneous vocation, call or election. There are also cases of individuals who become shamans of their own free will, as, for example, among the Altaians or by the will of the clan, Tungus, etc. These self-made shamans are considered less powerful than those who inherited the profession or who obeyed the call of the gods and spirits. Apparently, Paul was also a shaman. The, the, the disciple Paul, apparently he was also a shaman. Okay. As for choice by the clan, it is, and also uh, Jesus and Moses were apparently shamans. Alright, as for choice by the clan, it is dependent upon the candidate's ecstatic experience if that does not follow the youth appointed to take the place of the dead shaman is ruled out. However, however selected, a shaman is not recognized as such until after he has received two kinds of teaching, ecstatic dreams, trances, etc., and traditional shamanic techniques names and functions of the spirits mythology and genealogy of the clan secret language etc This twofold course of instruction given by the spirits and the old master shamans is equivalent to an initiation Sometimes initiation is public and constitutes an autonomous ritual in itself But absence of this kind of ritual in no sense implies absence of an initiation the latter can perfectly well occur in dream or in the neophyte's ecstatic experience. The available documents on shamanic dreams c- clearly show that they involve an initiation. Okay. Um, involve an initiation whose structure is well known to the history of religions. In any case, there is no question of anarchical hallucinations and of a purely individual plot and dramatis personae, the hallucinations and the mise-en-scene follow traditional models that are perfectly consistent and possess an amazingly rich theoretical content. This fact we believe provides a sounder basis for the problem of the psychopathy of shamans to which we shall soon return. Psychopaths or not, the future shamans are expected to pass through certain initiatory ordeals and to receive an education that is sometimes highly complex. It is only this twofold initiation, ecstatic and didactic, that transforms the candidate from a possible neuro- neurotic into a shaman recognized by his particular society. The same observation applies to the origin of shamanic powers. It is not the point of departure for obtaining these powers, heredity, heredity, bestowed by the spirits voluntary quest, that is important, but the technique and its underlying theory transmitted through initiation. This observation sh- seems important, for more than one scholar has sought to draw major conclusions uh, concerning the structure and even the history of this religious phenomenon from the fact that a certain shamanism is hereditary or spontaneous and that the call that determines a shaman's career appears to be conditioned or not by his psychopathic constitution. We shall return to these methodological problems later. For the moment, we will confine ourselves to reviewing some Siberian and North Asian document on the election of shamans without attempting to arrange them under headings. For as we shall presently see, the majority of the people with whom we are concerned have more than one method of recruiting their shamans. Alright. Let's see. Hmm, What I want to get into is like the actual... Science or whatever is going on behind. Hmm. Let's see where are we at? We're at. Forty minutes, pretty much. Uh, um, I think I'll stop there. Yeah, that's probably good enough. Alright. Peace.